Welcome to the Gifts Compass podcast. My name is Nicholas Toko and I'm an organizational effectiveness consultant and currently training as a Jungian analyst in Zurich, Switzerland. I'm from London in the UK and my family origins are from Uganda in East Africa. My name is James Johnston. I'm the author of the book, Jung's Indispensable Compass and the lead architect for the Gifts Compass Inventory. I live in the United States, currently in Northwest Ohio. My name is Annelise Lannesais. I am a self-awareness and mental fitness coach, and I work with individuals wanting to add more meaning and enjoyment to their life. I am from Estonia and currently living in Geneva, Switzerland. This podcast is about the Gifts Compass Inventory, or GCI. The GCI offers a fresh approach to Swiss psychologist Carl Jung's original eight psychological types. The well-validated and broadly acclaimed Gifts Compass Inventory focuses on the personal growth and development of unique individuals. We are so excited to share our understanding of type with you. We're passionate about type and our aim is to help you understand type, how to use type to better understand yourself, to have better relationships at home, in a social setting or in the workplace. This podcast, along with the next three, will consider Jung's four functions and their attributes when either introverted or extroverted. When the four functions are modified by either introversion or extroversion, they form the eight types. As you will hear, each of the four functions is dramatically transformed when either introverted or extroverted. In some cases, the introverted function bears very little resemblance to the extroverted function, even though it is the same base function. In the moment. Yeah. And that's such a great lesson for people like maybe Annalise and I, who are plagued by introverted intuition, always yeah. being carried off to some grand vision. It's so nice to be able to just live moment to moment yeah. instead of envisioning, you know, what's coming in 10 years or five years or in two months, just to be present and to not, you know, not think too far ahead. I'm coming around to extroverted sensation eventually, but it's been very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have a dream sometimes to just have an empty head. It is a great feeling to have an empty head. And I've been really working hard and practicing being present yes. and doing, and I noticed that, you know, sometimes when, you know, doing some type of you know, whatever work, and just deciding to just put all my focus just into that and not allow it to go wander off here and there, which is like, you know, drifting off here and then, oh, I need to come back here again. So it it's so fast. I think maybe that's why the really extroverted sensation function, like people who have that in their lead, they're just so fast in getting things done. So they don't have other thoughts distracting them they just decide to focus on one thing it's done yes we can explanation can be very agile at getting things done mm -hmm. in the moment mm -hmm. without distraction from anything else and like i was watching a show on netflix last night it's a competition about 
uh, cocktail, bar, what do you call people make cocktails? They, Bartend, um, bartenders, yes. Mm -hmm. And it's classic excellent sensation. You want to see excellent sensation, it's a Netflix show. I probably can't say it on the show, but mm -hmm. anyway, they're making cocktails and they have to do it based on a brief there and then. Mm -hmm. got all the products around them, alcohol, the fruits, the vegetables, whatever it is they need, it's all there. In the moment, they have to create the best cocktail in the world, which tastes good, which looks good, which excites. Classic experts and stuff. You see mm -hmm. the bartenders just at their best. And even the way the bar is set up, it's colorful, it's a real sensory experience. Yeah. And that's what life is like for an experience sensation time every day. You're literally taking in the colors, the sights, the sounds, the smells, and just enjoying it for what it is. Yeah, sounds so alluring. I have a friend who has that in me that I feel that. You know, it's so essential to just, you know, it's part of like self-care to, you know, not deplete oneself, to have this mm. balance in life. Just I always tend to forget all of this. My husband has also this quite high. And, you know, when he cannot cook, you know, he just eat an apple <laughs> and he's ready to... You know, for when I'm hungry, I just do something for myself versus he makes this elaborate sandwich, even if it is, mm. even if it takes him a bit longer to start mm. eating, but it's beautiful. And then he starts his experience for some Yes, he devour it, but he will actually take some time to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I often I cook a lot, but I don't have recipes i might think it through but often i'll just go to the supermarket and i'll just mm. say that goes well that da, 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 and i'll mm. say i'll go and i'll cook it mm. Mm. and the first time yeah you just get a real sense of how to just make things work but i think great chefs have actually really sensation in a significant yeah. way and and consuming food or the sensuous enjoyment of food is big for yeah actually really sensation right yeah. the enjoyment of Maybe being with others, having fun while yes. enjoying mm -hmm. the food. Yes. The ability to organize your days in a pleasant way. Yeah. It is amazing yes. ability. Yes. Um, and we're ready now. I'll know when a restaurant's not good and I'll just say I'm not coming back here again. Mm. I'll just go somewhere else. There's almost like a, not a value, but I've got a standard of what is good. <laughs> and that will. And it's the level of enjoyment I get from that meal. And yeah, I can, you know, as I always tell the story, I was critiquing my mom's food when I was a yeah. child. Yeah. When I was three or four, I was already critiquing my mom's food. She just, yeah, mm -hmm. went nuts. Mm -hmm. She could never make a meal good enough for me. I'm thinking of the film I just saw, The Beautiful Mind, with featured mathematicians. And there was one scene in the library where you know, food for introverted thinking, introverted intuition, hardly even exists, you know, let alone something to be enjoyed. It's just, you know, a necessity. And there's a scene in the library where a student had been so focused on solving a mathematical problem that he'd forgotten to eat. You know, it's just like he's so absorbed in it. Yes. And so here, have this sandwich, you know, it's probably bologna and mayonnaise, but that's fine. Yeah. You know, he just needs a little mm -hmm. bit of something in his mouth to keep mm -hmm. going. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fuel. It's not a... Yeah. It's a fuel, right? Yeah. It's yeah. not a sensual experience. Yeah. yeah. When I'm having dinner with friends, I can tell the ones who are not excellent sensation. If you can see it's just a fuel to survive.
Yeah. <laughs> Whereas for me, I'm going to savor every moment uh, yeah. of that dish. It's, and I'm almost, in a way, just in the way my body is just really, you know, enjoying every moment. Yeah, it's very, very sensuous function. But I also want to say as well that extra sensation, it's the level of enjoyment is it really determines just how much I get involved in something. Be it a person, a thing, it's the level of enjoyment that, you know, I'll decide okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. It's not enjoyment. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, introverted thinking would say, I'm not going to do this anymore because it's no longer interesting. Yeah. It's not a challenging enough, but actually the sensations, it's not enjoyable anymore. It's not fun anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. I wonder if extroverted sensation can also be highly mindful. Mindfulness comes easily for extroverted yeah. sensation. Absolutely. I can sit, well, yes and no, because it can get very boring. That's mm. sensation type will be mm. what else is happening. But yeah, you could get into that zone quite easily. Because you, I'm all, I don't have thoughts coming out of my mind. Hey, don't get me wrong, I do have thoughts coming out of my mind. Yeah. It's not completely empty. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't get distracted by my thoughts because I'm just really, mm. I'll get distracted maybe by a bird flying. I've already noticed the sunset. I know we've been recording a podcast, but yeah. I'm sat by the window. Sure. And I can see the colors of the sunset. And I'm Oh, look at that sunset, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I'm still right here, same time. Mm-hmm. It's just not very observant, not everything going around me. So I can meditate, but yeah, it, to yes and no. <laughs> yeah, with, at some point it becomes boring. With my introvert intuition, I saw the same sunset you were looking at, and I drifted off to ancient Greece for a moment. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I'm back. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Actually, my introverted feeling did get triggered by the sunset. I always sense my introverted feeling is like sunset. There's something quite subdued about it, quiet. Just if I was to give it an image, I'd say the sun, sunset is introverted. Yeah, deep yeah. and meaningful yeah. and resonant. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I've noticed about extroverted sensation, and Nick's a good example, it's usually someone who has extroverted sensation in a significant way, they tend to be athletic. They tend to you know, have good coordination, able to do things with their body that are quick and easy and receptive, you know, people playing sports, they've got to be in the moment, attentive to everything that's going on in the moment. And so athleticism seems to go hand in glove. Yes. Uh, with that mm-hmm. sensation. We turn the corner and take sensation inward. We have one of the, for me, the most magical, mysterious gifts among the portfolio debate. <laughs> I personally find it the most difficult one to grasp. It's very difficult. Yeah. yeah. It, mm-hmm. Unless you unless it's unless it comes easily to you, then it's like, oh yeah, of course. But if it goes deep, it's it becomes very similar to introverted intuition, except it's not visionary like that. It takes the not just all the detail of the world, but certain special detail or details or facts or sensuous experiences or observations. It, it, it it's unpredictable which of those it's going to take, but it'll take something that's resonating with the inner life. And it brings that in and somehow makes something more of it. That it's somehow resonating with the imagination in the inner life. And it's mm-hmm. a particular, it starts with a particular thing out in the world and it's brought into the imagination inwardly. 
So I think of artists, uh, especially as people who may have that gift. You know, Vincent van Gogh's of the world, you know, they see a wheat field and they paint it. But what they've painted isn't exactly what they've seen. They've painted something that's far more vital and energetic than the wheat field itself. It's, it's, I think it's been one of the most misunderstood of the eight types. And for good reason, you know, it's hard to understand this process of taking perceptions and bringing them into some kind of resonant, magical inner life. Yeah. I wanted to bring it into the workplace because I think this is how it's helped me, I think, understand introvert sensation. So I often help companies transform and improve, which means they have to leave the past behind. Yeah. And I then come up against people who resist my work in the workplace. And I'm often thought those individuals have a preference for intimate sensation. Mm. They do everything in their power to, to tell me how. Well, they just, they don't just don't buy into the future agenda of the company, quite sort of tied in half. Mm. That makes sense. Mm. I don't know whether that is someone a person with a preference for introverted sensation that they in the workplace they might be quite tied to the past and the history and they just apprehend that sort of larger sense of history uh-huh. they do have that extraordinary capacity to sort of feel the past and the present and what i know of people with that orientation is they love to walk in a deep they can sort of feel the past in that place in that natural setting or maybe archaeology or some historical setting where they can be there and they can actually somehow sense the past having occurred in that location. The other unusual thing about them, you know, introvert intuition is prophetic. It can see a thousand or a hundred years in the future, but introverted sensation, according to Jung, anticipates the shimmer of events yet to come. So it's sort of grounded in the deep past and also anticipates to some degree the future of events that are yet to occur, maybe in relation to that particular place or culture or setting that they happen to be in. But it's so unusual. But people who have this gift recognize it immediately. Sometimes they really feel like they've been seen or heard to have that recognized like that because it's so unusual and i think it's uh, it's uh, it's something that maybe most of us only sense barely you know just in a, in a sort of slight almost not noticeable way the people who carry that gift in a significant way they know immediately what you're talking about mm-hmm. when you say yeah it's certain certain things in the environment trigger something inwardly for them that's quite significant that that sunset would have been huge for you know yes. for a sensation yeah and see it I have introverted sensation also quite high, but I don't no. I don't know. Like for me, for example, is I appreciate you know nature and the big trees and it's about it's this humbleness in a way. It's so so much it's like so grand around, you know, we're mm-hmm. so small in this and it's sort of like you know, they see that you know when I look at trees, I imagine how they like see and they hear everything and they just stand there quietly saying anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just take it in. They've seen a lot. They've seen, seen a lot. Time. And and even like for example, going swimming, 
I don't know if that is, you know, I don't know if this is related to introverted sensation, but I almost feel like hugged by the nature because it is, you know, it's beautiful to swim and it's warm enough. <laughs> but this is how I associate it. Or, for example, experiencing more like, for example, if food, you know, people bring in food and for the, with the care, it's more about like seeing the care and love that they bring in rather than the tastes of the food. And yeah, and then I don't know, I wonder if aesthetics is related to introverted sensation. Yeah, I think, I mean, we call it the aesthetic, yeah, because, you know, it has that artistic feel about it. That certain colors, certain shapes, they resonate. Yes. You know, they, yeah. you can kind of feel them inwardly. And so they have a high sensitivity to aesthetics. Yeah, I do experience that. Like, for example, I walk around and I see, you know, a house or houses that, you know, resonate. They give out a certain type of energy or, yeah. Well, and I like to wonder about it. Yeah. <laughs> and you can sometimes see it in, in just in the clothing that they choose. You know, they're going to be very particular about the patterns, the colors, the combinations that they're going to put on their body. You can start sort of see that in people. The two examples of introverted sensation could be seen in people like Coco Chanel or Steve Jobs. Coco Chanel you know, had a very finely tuned sense of aesthetics. And both of these people also had the extrovert intuition, the catalytic, the entrepreneur's gift. So she had a finely tuned sense of aesthetics and could see where the market was going. And when you bring those two together, you have a very successful producer, you know, a designer of clothing or, you know, fragrances. And Jobs was similar. I mean, he could see where the market was going and he had this very particular, finely tuned sense of aesthetics. I think there's a story about Jobs where when they brought out the Apple II, they showed him, I don't know, 70 shades of beige and none of them were the right shade of beige, you know. But when he saw the shade of beige that was the right one, it sort of resonated for him inwardly. And that was the one. And of course, he was very particular about the kind of design that the computers would take. You know, it had to be an elegant, simple aesthetic for the iPhone or the iPad or the computer ultimately. So both of them, I think, carried both introverted sensation and extroverted intuition. Jobs could always sort of see where the market was going. Yeah, it's still a very difficult function for me to grasp. Is, do you think there's a way of describing it as culture maybe? as maybe a country is mm. do you get a sense of a country that you think has a preference for introverted sensation and that's reflected in their cultural attitudes or mm. aesthetics or mm -hmm. i'm thinking of the uk do you think the united kingdom england in particular mm. maybe could be a country with introverted sensation it's so steeped in history is that do you think a reflection of introverted sensation culturally i think it could be in the mix i think of england also as being very formal and very you know dedicated to tradition which i think extroverted feeling might bring to the yeah to the culture when i think of it and i tried to sort of imagine different cultures that we might see introverted sensation engaged and I remember I've, I've had some experiences with the Native Americans in the United States. And I think that Native American, you know, the jewelry, the dress, the, 
that feels like that feels like a lot of introverted sensation at work. And you know that a lot of the Indians of the Southwest are jewelry makers. I think jewelry is a manifestation of introverted sensation, taking stone and converting it into something very special. But what about us? Maybe introverted sensation in many ways is a place, you know, almost in all places. Like, for example, when you go to, you know, you can feel what is, you actually can feel what is the history of the place or what are the types of people who live here. But just when you arrive, you see the architecture. Like, for example, when you go to Bern, I just noticed a couple of weeks ago when I was there that all the houses, they are like almost like military green, kind of like pale green. It always looks cloudy in Bern. You need a really sunny day to go there, you'll see the sun. Because if you look around, everything is gray and kind of like grayish green. Mm. And But when you go to, for example, you go to Ticino, it's like colors. It's like a flower bed. Immediately, mm. everything is alive. Versus there, you really need to search for the flowers. So it tells a lot about like this place. Yeah. Yeah. So I think maybe it's there. Yeah. But I don't know if... I'm just wondering if introverted sensation could be yeah. against change. I don't know. I think it just reflects well, on the history. I think maybe a deep appreciation for the past with introverted sensation mm -hmm. and a valuing of the past that way. I think extrovert feeling might be more inclined to oppose changes to the culture because it's empathizing with the cultural values. And in that sense, is a stabilizer. Introverted sensation in England might be simply, you know, the great sense of connection to the past. They have such a rich history. Yeah. And the pageantry, you know, the colorful pageantry, special events, uh, the, you know, the, even the elevation of the royalty in England could be connected to this introverted yeah. sensation, wanting that, you know, that, that significant connection to what's come before. Yeah. And so there's a long history of royalty in England. I think from the United States, we look at the UK and we can't quite figure out why they're still hanging on to you know, this royalty thing, but it's a rich connection yeah. with where the yeah. UK has come from. Yeah, and I've lived in, I've traveled in many countries. I lived in Argentina for a while. And it was very much an extroverted sensation country. The wine, the, the, the meat, the donia, very extroverted. I spent time in India, and that's more intuition. Mm. You know, people, the country is intuition. You know, right in front of me. You know, the meditation, the yoga, the, the visioning. That's such a big sort of cultural thing. So mm. I was wondering whether those are introverted maybe, sensation. Maybe it ties into there. Huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't traveled enough to see. Yeah. <laughs> Singapore, I lived in Singapore. That was... I'd say excellent thinking. Really? Yeah. Very logical, very orderly, very structured. How do you feel in Switzerland? Yeah. Yeah, Switzerland's interesting to me. I think Switzerland is definitely, I think, has a preference for introversion. I think they find it, you know, introvert, extroversion here is, I think, a bit alarming to some people. They, and this may be a clue to the cultural function, but a lot of my Swiss friends will say to me is, when you meet someone, Nick, you call them friends straight away. I was like, yeah, yeah. we met, we had a drink together, and now my friend. Yeah, yeah. Well, that person's not my friend yet. Yeah. So, well, why not? Because I don't know them. 
I said, but you met them in a bar and you had a chat with them. He's an acquaintance, right? He's an acquaintance. They don't become friends until they experience something together that's quite substantial and significant. And then they'll call you a friend. But that could happen a week later, it could happen six months later, maybe right. two years later. Their mm-hmm. definition, definition of friend is very different. So I thought, okay, so that's introverted. introverted. Yeah. The introversion generally, yeah. you know, yeah. until you've shared something deeply. You're not connected. Yeah. Yeah. It could be introverted feeling in particular. Yeah. Is yeah. it a funny mix then? Introverted feeling? And then I would imagine that in Switzerland, you also have some level of extroverted thinking. Yes. Because there's yeah. so much order. Yes. So they're actually. Yes. Like it always feels extroverted thinking on, on, you know, on steroids. It's almost too, it's too logical and very rigid. That's mm-hmm. what it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I once heard, uh, I mean, I didn't hear, but I read something that Jung said about uh, the introverted modalities. They would love to be on an island where nothing changes, you know, so that they're not bothered by anything that's going on in their environment, that they can just focus inwardly the whole time. And I think that may be part of why Switzerland is so orderly. Right. You know, they can count on this environment being, you know, stable. And they're not expecting any change in the environment so that the mm-hmm. introverted attitudes can, you know, can have a life. Yeah. So that might be part of the orderliness of Switzerland. I was thinking exactly the same thing. That mm-hmm. So it gives the balance that you need for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> for the introverted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, if there's introverted thinking, introverted thinking, of course, would be very good at, at considering systems, yeah. you know, large systems, uh, seeing the whole city of Zurich and seeing systematically how to connect people by trains and trams and, and, and building that system so that it works effectively. Yeah, yeah, essentially, I think it's I think it's a little bit rigid, the expert thinking. And the other thought I have is this idea of can- being cancelled, which is a term that you know has emerged in the last few years from you know younger generation, and I've often wondered is that introverted feeling in a rigid way as well? Because mm. if you don't say the right thing on social media, that's it, you're cancelled. Mm. And it feels like introverted feeling dysfunctional or functional. I don't know. It's just an interesting thought. Mm. Mm. The idea of cancellation culture. But I, I don't think that introverted feeling is on social media. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it is uh, extroverted thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's rigid. Rigid, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you do it our way or you're cancelled. Yes. Yeah. You take our position or you're cancelled. That's a very political kind of yes. inclusion. Yeah, I guess the reason why I was linking it back to introverted feelings, they felt like there was some sort of value that they have, some wisdom that they have. Yeah. And that then leads to the, you know, the cancellation culture. Or it could be the opposites, you know, uh, introverted feeling runs into someone with extroverted thinking, and they're so opposite that they sort of cancel each other out. Okay. You want to take melody and what do you want to end in? Because we have, just so you know, an hour, 30 minutes of content. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we could just, I think we could end with, um, you know, just chiming in on this notion of the melody that, you know, we've talked about each of these individual gifts and their value. 
And what's important to recognize is that no one is any one of them and none of them ever operate alone. They're always operating together. And the aim of life is not to stagnate in one place, not to stagnate with one or two gifts, but to develop ultimately all eight gifts as part of one's life. And that's the, that's the, the consequence of what Jung called individuation, the development of a unique individual person and that individual person's unique potential. And so each of these is wonderful. Each gift is really phenomenal in terms of its contribution. And for an individual, it's for an individual to be fully expressed and fully alive and fully engaged. They really need all eight of those orientations to line. And so when we look at someone's profile, we call it reading the melody. You know, what's the snapshot of the melody that's currently present in that person's life? You know, which are the gifts that are in the lead? Which are the gifts that are less developed? And what does that mean for that person's you know, individual development? And that melody changes, you know, one year it'll be a certain melody. Usually those gifts that are in the lead stay in the lead, but then the other gifts are also coming up and adding notes and tones to the whole melody of that person's life. So that the compass diagram changes and for anybody using the gifts compass, it would be advisable really to check in, you know, to take it one year and then check in again three years later and see how it's moved or how it's changed and how that melody has mm -hmm. moved on a bit. But I think it's like the Jung's types have been, you know, historically they've been used to put people in categories. And Jung's model is so much more fluid and vital and alive than that. That it would be better, better to call these type dynamics or the dynamics of engaging all eight gifts in one side. Yeah, I think we covered like all these different functions and the how they contribute in different ways. And it's a very exciting talk also about that and now and the organization you know, like the different people you see and how well all of these different functions are represented in an organization, how it can affect its health mm. in a positive or negative way, depending on, you know, if there isn't this proportion, etc. I mean, I guess that would manifest very well also in the individual person. And then recognizing these, each, like the gifts in ourselves, and at the same time, seeing those gifts in others, and then the key, in a way, like allowing those to flower. It can create some beautiful synergies. Yeah, synergy is a good word, especially for organizations. You know, an organization becomes overly one-sided. I think it's stagnant. You know, organizations like individuals become more robust and complete when all eight of these gifts or orientations to life have an opportunity for expression. Well, actually. One thought came to me is that looking at the melody and all these functions is a little bit like looking at, you know, if we have the goal in life is to have all of them in an enjoyable level. So we enjoy all of these eight gifts so we can flower fully in a way if we talk of, so that's sort of like our mental health, let's say. And you take the physical health, you know, that we 
eat and we exercise, etc., which are also different functions that we do in our physical, but these are these that feed our, you know, if we take any one of, you know, if we just only focus on eating and don't do any exercise, we're out of balance because there's the same uh, notion of life here. Yeah. So I think it's good to remind us of that yeah. and bring it more to our awareness.